Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer living on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious and prosperous existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey everyone, this is Surya. Welcome to A Voice for Love. And I'm very excited today to introduce my special guest, Laura Waldman, to you. Welcome, Laura. Hi, so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself in just a moment, but I'm also going to let everyone know that we've known each other for a very, very long time since we were maybe, I don't know, eight years old, four, four years old, four, yeah. four years old. Okay. So, yeah. so we go way back. So, and yeah, our journey is so beautiful and fascinating and I'm just thrilled to have you here. So can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Oh, so cute. We grew up on the same road. How cute is that? And here we are. So I am, I am Laura Waldman. I call myself the abundance activator. I've been a healer, channel, spiritual coach for almost 20 years now, which I can't quite believe. And I started specializing in working with um, money manifestation, conscious wealth creation, conscious like heart-led business for um, entrepreneurs, change makers, visionaries, leaders. Um, I'm the author of Money Manifestation Mastery as well. Yay! Yes. So, oh gosh, there's so much to talk about. So, um, yeah, so, so please tell us a little bit about how did this work come to you? How did you get into this healing work? Please share with everyone. Yeah, well, um, obviously, you know, because we had our crazy teenager years together in high school, but um, I went through, as, as you know very well, a lot of trauma and pain and difficulty through teenage years in particular. Um, it was very like depressed, eating disorders, really in a terrible state physically, emotionally, mentally. And I started uh, dabbling in spirituality, started you know, reading spiritual books and started meditating. And I started having quite powerful and quite scary spiritual experiences I started opening up psychically and I didn't understand what was going on for me I started to visions about my purpose and what I was here to do and um, speaking to the world about the fact that we have the power to consciously create our lives and transform our lives and at that point I thought oh that must mean I'm supposed to be an actress so I went kind of full steam ahead. I quit university, was like, I'm going to be an actress. I saw it in a vision. It's obviously I'm going to be a successful actress. And I was really focused on that for about five years and flew myself over to London, England, where I still am. And after a year being here in theater school, I, uh, in a meditation again, I got this message. It came to me in flashing lights and my eyes closed. You are a healer. And I just remember collapsing on the bed in the fetal position, sobbing, because I knew in that moment I wasn't going to be an actress and my whole life was about to change. And I was so pissed off. I was like, all right, universe, fine. I'm not looking for this, you know, um, bring it to, all to me. And basically very quickly stumbled across this healing course and very quickly transitioned into, um, you know, training as a healer and then starting up my practice. And then it's been this wild journey of, you know, inner healing and transformation as well as, you know, 
healing and supporting others for almost 20 years now. I know. And what's so wild about us is that we've always, we're sort of always on this like parallel journey is that like you moved across the world and we both went down this, you know, very similar path of, of being yeah. a healer. But I'd love to just hear, cause um, this is something I think about all the time, but like, what does it mean to be a healer or like, what does it mean to you? Because this word is so, you know, overused and misused and it just means something different to everyone. And I would love to hear what does that mean to you? Well, actually, interestingly, I really struggled with the word healer uh, the whole time. I didn't even want to call myself here. In fact, I don't call myself a healer anymore uh, because of that very thing. And I'm like, I'm not healing anyone, actually. I, I feel that, you know, I hold a safe space. Now, I, I, how I see it is I, I hold a safe space for people's body to process, people's body to heal naturally. I think bodies know how to heal, how to balance, how to align themselves when we're held in safety. Um, and so, yeah, so I see it as, you know, the body, pro in a way now I, I see all about body processing trauma and finding balance, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically. That's probably how I describe it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it's such a complex word. And I, I didn't use that word for a long time either. I was a lot, I was quite resistant to it. And now I've sort of opened a little bit to it. And what I always think about and what I think about more than ever lately is like my healing work always begins with myself and my healing first and foremost is with myself and for myself. And only if I do that and continue to do that. And because I do that is the reason why I'm able to support other people. Because it's like, yeah, because it starts with, you know, it starts with the self. And it's interesting before we pressed record, you know, we were just chatting a little bit and we were talking both of us. And this was something else that came up for, for some friends recently too, is like how healing is like this never ending journey. Like it never stops. And maybe we're expecting it to stop because it's like, oh, I've done this for two decades. Like, oh, you know, like I'm good at this. I can help other people do this. And yet we still get hit in the face with our own traumas, right? 100%. And definitely for at least the first 10 years, I was working to heal myself to arrive and get there. And I was like, where was there? I guess I was trying to get enlightened. I think if I'm really honest with you, I was like, I'm getting to that place where, you know, I'm no longer challenged by life. And I realized in, in 20 or 25 years on, because I was been on this path for really 25 years, I haven't got there yet. I was like, hmm, after about 10 years, I was like, maybe there's no getting there. Maybe this is an ongoing journey of, uh, yeah, your journey through life as a, you know, a human being and a spiritual being trying to figure out, you know, how to feel all right in life. Oh, I can relate to that. And I'm sure I've probably told you this. I think I've written about it in some posts too. Like I thought I was enlightened in 2009. Like I went through this period of like highs and lows and I was like, huh, I'd go through like months of being in this like exalted state. And then I would just crash and I would go so far down. And I went through this, this cycle for many years until I found balance. And then I also like you just accepted, like there's no destination. It's just an ongoing journey. And, and I think it's almost like humbling, isn't it? It's, it's humbling that we can know what we know and have helped so many people and then still be completely taken out by our own stuff right absolutely and I think this is why I was guided to start working with money and start working with business because it was about getting me grounded into the world because I was you know and you and I we both access like pretty powerful energies and can do really amazing energy work but that wasn't fully integrated in the world so I was like I can leave and access like, you know, I've been around the universe and back again and access incredible information, but it's like, how are you actually being 
in your day-to-day human life. So I wasn't grounded. And, and I think this humility piece is like, you know, we're human beings and we can, you know, do these amazing things, but there's still the, the human that's also vulnerable, that's also has trauma, that's also like just trying to figure shit out. And so I, that was my painful journey, kind of like coming off the pedestal of spiritual superiority and coming in and going like, okay, like what's like where we are in the kind of grounded real life things, obviously being a mom and being married for 20 years and like all that kind of material world. I'd really pulled out of that and disconnected and really rejected the material world and rejected money and rejected yeah, all of it, thinking that the spiritual realm was the right realm and like that's where, like that's the right way to live. And then we're like, this is like the light and love scene. And, you know, I've had some very big humbling rude awakenings about, well, it was my guidance was like, we need to ground this, like great ideas, but we need to ground it in the world and seed it and land it. So we're actually living and breathing it rather than states I can access when I'm meditating, for example. Oh, I love that we're talking about this because as you know, for me, like it's been like the whole journey of my life to get grounded and, you know, I can access all of this, like, woo, I can talk to angels and have all these like great experiences, but then, you know, what good are those? Or, or I don't want to say what good are they? Because of course they have value. And if one is not able to ground into the physical reality, just like you said, then we, we can't actually do as much. And I do think it is a big struggle for people like us that are, you know, whatever we want to call ourselves, light workers, spiritual seekers, all of those things to really come into the body. And I think it's great that you do the work that you do because so many people, we, we actually need that support. And from a vibrational perspective, it makes sense, right? We're carrying these high vibrational energies. So we don't always know how to be here on the earth because it's quite dense for us. And those of us who are highly sensitive, we grew up feeling like we don't belong here and having all these sensitivities. And then, so it's like, we're like, I don't want to be here. Right. And then we want to escape into the higher realms, but that sort of defeats the purpose of why, why did we come to earth in the first place? You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I was, you know, sharing with you earlier, part of me, I think for a really long time as well, didn't really understand that I was spiritual bypassing. So, you know, there was trauma, which I knew, I knew that I had trauma. I knew that I'd been through a lot of difficult stuff so I could talk about it. But what I didn't see for a very long time, and to be honest, it's still smacking me in the face, is, you know, the blind spots where we're in the, sh- you know, the shadow of trauma. And a lot of that I realized, like, I value all of these higher realms of consciousness. I teach it. I, you know, it's a big, important part of my life, but it can also be used as pain avoidance. And so what I see, and I really see it in the spiritual community, the danger of it, right, is this you know, bypassing pain with all the spiritual, I'm like spiritual mumbo jumbo, even though I teach it, I think it's quite funny. And, uh, and it's like, oh yeah, there's all this trauma and pain. And, and what I've re- really understood is because of that trauma and pain, I left my body and then I was able to access really powerful spiritual information, which is, which is amazing. But I, I kind of had to leave myself to, to get to find that. And I was leaving myself to find a way just to feel okay and to like navigate through life. So really important, right, to get perspective. But it was like there was also a whole bit. It was too bringing on, 
bearable to sit in the pain of that trauma. And I, and I didn't know how to navigate it. So again, lots of blind spots, but now I'm really seeing, and now I'm seeing spiritual bypassing everywhere and the, the danger of it. So I'm like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> we need to talk about trauma and spiritual bypassing and all this stuff. Oh, absolutely. We do. And so I'm so I'm so glad that we're talking about this. And just just to break it down for anyone who's listening and who doesn't know, like bypassing is exactly what it sounds like. It's like when you just sort of want to jump over an issue or not deal with something and spiritual bypassing, which is so it's like an epidemic of its own within the community is when we use spiritual knowledge, spiritual tools and, you know, whatever, all of these things to really not allow us to look at something that's happening or really feel it and because it's very uncomfortable isn't it and so a lot of the dogma in this sort of new age spiritual community is like oh it's all love and light and everything's okay and like everything's great and okay yes on some level this is true but clearly on the earth plane it's not true and all we have to do is just look around to see that it's not now we can still be happy and centered and find our joy inside of this world and I do believe that's a big part of all of our purpose is like how do we how do we stay in the heart and how do we you know just live our lives while knowing that there's all of this stuff going on all the time that we may or may not be able to do anything about. But, you know, spiritual bypassing is really dangerous. And then people take it even further with marketing. And as you were speaking, you know, I was thinking about a lot of people who market themselves and they're like, oh, I went through this and I completely healed myself. And now I can tell you. And I'm like, first of all, that's completely misleading because as we both know, like, what is a complete healing? Like there, there, there isn't really like it's, it's comes in layers because as you know, you know, you can move through something and get to a certain place with it. And then maybe years later or like another layer will pop up. And also I think it's worth noting that there's a certain protective mechanism that we have in place that will, our bodies have intelligence. So if we're not ready to feel or process trauma, we will create these different layers that need to be, you know, that, that need to be there in order to protect us. And when, until the time comes when it's like, okay, now I'm really ready to look at this. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's really important, too, because you don't want to throw yourself in the pit of trauma if you're not ready. So there's there is an intelligence. And so it's it's in a way that this this conversation is very nuanced. It's multi-layered, isn't it? Because, yeah, all that spiritual. It's not that I, I don't believe in that spiritual information. I do because I've experienced it and the value of it, and the power of it. But yeah, but it's also I, I have seen it's, it is quite dangerous and it's and it's and it's causing a, a lot of pain. And one one thing that I've I've been fascinated watching endless documentaries around these spiritual teachers, you know, like Yogi Bhajan and and Bikram Yoga and Osho and stuff, and like watching like what happens around abuse of power. So you know, when people are in, like, these spiritual teachers in a great position of power and have all these followers and like all this shadowy shit that starts showing up in communities, but all the gaslighting and the bypassing that goes on and how how you know traumatizing that is for people they're kind of giving their power over to others so i've been like how do we be spiritual leaders and spiritual teachers and heart-led leaders in a way that's safe in a way that's empowering and rather than because all these spiritual teachers are also human beings right they haven't necessarily worked their shit and so part of my thing is like the age of the guru is is over because we need to stop putting people on pedestals and like you know anyway so that's just that's another piece as well as just I think there's abuse of power going on within the spiritual community and being in that I've been really looking at how do we you know how to 
how do we address this and how do we also prevent this from happening, right? With all everyone wanting to be famous on, you know, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all these like upcoming sort of coaches and, you know, how do we kind of make sure people are staying kind of balanced and, and safe within that? Yeah, and this is also a very large, very like multi-spectrumed conversation. And also I want to add to that, that I actually feel that it's necessary to put some healers and these and people like us and visionaries and light workers into the public eye to hear the messages that many of us have to share because they're important and we're listening to all these other people talk about things and we need to have all of the voices there and what you just spoke about is something that I think about all the time because obviously like you having you know studied and watched all of these other sort of gurus and teachers abuse power it's like well I certainly don't want to be that and so I do everything that I can when I work with you know students and and clients and whatnot and I really always just put it back in their hands and say, you know, I'm not the source, like you're your source. And that's always been how I work with people is I encourage them and I train them and I help them to discover their own inner voice. So then, you know, you can come to somebody for guidance and for maybe the confirmation. And we all have times when we need that, you know, reflection from somebody else when we're going through things and maybe we can't see for ourselves what's happening. And I believe we all have a direct link to the divine. And that's really the most beneficial and effective thing that any of us can do is really learn to facilitate and strengthen that connection for ourselves so that we don't become dependent on a teacher. Now, teachers, of course, are very valuable. We, we need teachers. We would not have learned what we know if we did not have teachers and mentors. I always have teachers and mentors and guides. And I think that's part of it, too. I think it's so important for it to be in both roles. So if you're a healer, you should always have somebody that's either mentoring you or checking you or holding you accountable or all of those things. And I also think that in general, it's been, I don't want to be down on the male species, but if we when we look at all of these people who have been abusing spiritual power, it's mostly men, you know, and it's mostly related to, you know, there's a lot of things like involved in there with, you know, sex and imbalanced sexual energy and those types of things. So I think in general, hopefully, you know, as we see more women stepping forward, hopefully we're not going to see that those same levels. I'm not trying to down the men when I say that, but it's just an observation that one cannot deny because if we name all of these people, they're all men. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, it's so true. And I think, um, yeah, it's well, the, the humility piece the, the make, I like that you're yeah, making sure you're always getting support as well. And, and also, I think the vulner, vulnerability piece is really important, like bringing the human in. And I definitely know, uh, for myself in that spiritual teacher healer role, I really also felt that I was supposed to show up as this perfect kind of enlightened so I'd work really hard and you know I'm still having to check that where you know how you know it's showing up professionally but it's also making sure we're bringing in the vulnerable and bringing in the human and because I think sometimes people what I've noticed is all well, people are following me it's like people go into sort of I'm not good enough or I'm trying to get there or if I can only be like that and when we're not sharing more vulnerably like what goes on really behind the scenes and people get to kind of project well they've got it they, they've got it sorted they're perfect you know I'm the problem I'm the fuck up you know and I think marketing also plays on that it plays on people's um vulnerabilities and insecurities to make sales so it's a bit of like I think also you know partly what I'm trying to do is to just be vulnerable bring the human and it's like I'm not perfect I still struggle I still have trauma like I'm still working this shit out um I've got a lot of tools that work really well 
you know? And I think that partly, I think that can help level and, and stop people from, yeah, like, you know, people basically putting you on pedestals or putting yourself on a pedestal. <laughs> it's like, it's like time to level, like bring in the human and the humanity, which then obviously means we are sitting in all of the, the human struggles and challenges, right? And we can't bypass from that place. We have to be in the human as well as the spiritual. So that's sort of what I've been thinking about a lot these last years. Absolutely. And I think about this all the time too. And yes, so then like, what does it mean to be human? And then to me, the, like, the more I feel into it and, and just contemplate that, like really to be human is to feel the full spectrum of these emotions and to have the full spectrum of the human experience. And if you look at the life story of any great being who ever walked this earth, they didn't have an easy time. They didn't have an easy journey. You know, somebody like Nelson Mandela, like is just the first person that's coming to mind out of many people, of course, but like, look at what he went through in order to fulfill his life purpose. Like you think he was having fun when he was sitting in a jail cell for 27 years or however much that was like no so it's like we forget we forget these things and I just want to touch on what you said about the vulnerability piece and this is absolutely and and the word that comes in is like authenticity because there's also people now that are using this vulnerability to get clients and they're using it as a marketing thing and I can always tell because it's like oh I used to be like this and then I did this and I can teach you how to do this too and it's like Meh. and again that could be authentic from one person and completely inauthentic from somebody else so what it really is and what it's kind of come down to for me is again it comes back to this piece of refining our own intuition and refining our own knowing so that we can spot and again it's what is right for us. And my mentor helped me a lot with this too, because I used to get really triggered by a lot of these like healers and coaches that I felt were out of integrity. And she's always said to me, well, what if that's their purpose to be like that? What if they're completely on point and on purpose being like that right now? You know, and then she would make me work through all of my stuff that I had around it. Because anytime you have an issue with something or there's a trigger around something, it's actually pointing to something in yourself, not necessarily to the other person. That other person or situation is just showing up as the trigger. So I think it's all purposeful and we can work through all of it. But in general, I would say that I would really like to see, and it's something I feel passionate about is more integrity in the healing arts in general. Because like, I, I remember like I have, I have a client who's like a dentist, for example, and he made this comment once like, oh, well, this is just like how we ex expect you guys to be. And I'm like, this isn't good because you have some people out there that then delegitimize all of this wonderful work that people are doing. And like you said, like we're already doing these strange things that people find very unconventional and odd. Like, oh, we can talk to spirit guides or we can talk to God or I receive messages or I see lights and colors flashing and, you know, I saw a sign come from the universe with my eyes closed. Like not everybody is having these experiences and it's really easy to, to hear that and think like, okay, this person is a little bit like, woohoo, you know, and I feel like we have to sort of normalize these gifts and value them because they are they, they are a gift that not everybody can experience. And we need to look at it as like not woo woo, like it's a gift if somebody can come to you and you can sit with them and say, hey, like, you know, I, I'm feeling this for you and that could change their life. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the grounding bit. And that's really what my guidance was saying to me. We need to get this grounded so it can be also digestible for more people as well. So we can, we're like bringing this into something that's accessible. Um, and yeah, so for two, two, <laughs> two woo. <laughs> um, yeah, just maybe just grounding it. That's for me, cause I've always been like off in the 
in the stars that was like, and let's get this grounded. So we can integrate and actually start living and breathing what one love actually means, right? And we are one and, you know, and so it's actually being lived or try, or we're trying to land and ground it. That's frigging hard work, right? We've got quite a lot of un, unraveling to do. And this, I, I have to say, like, one of my big rude awakenings around this was after the murder of George Floyd, because I realized that there was something about that event that just snapped me awake around how much I'd been pulling out of really difficult issues in the world, you know, because it was too, it was too traumatizing for me. It was too painful. And I actually didn't know how to be with it. And I re then I really saw the sort of spiritual bypassing within our community. And it, it, it broke my heart. It really, really broke my heart. And I was like, this is a really, really huge problem when we're doing the all lives matter. And I'm not willing to really hear, we're not really willing to hear someone's pain and someone's lived experience. And what's actually happening and what's going on within myself. It, it was, it was a massive, massive awakening for me. And I went through kind of like, well, kind of a double grief process, um, losing my best friend as well. Or one of my best friends a, a few weeks later, it was this sort of double whammy of, of really seeing like what it actually takes to make change in the world. And people are on the ground level working really hard to try and make real change in the world and to me just like you know there's a lot there is lots of value but just you know being light and love in all those higher realms if it's not integrated we're not really going to make actual effective change I don't think so and that's hard and that's painful and that's difficult work and that we may not even see you know I, I guess like the truth is it's almost a bit embarrassing but I was like hoping for like the you know, this sort of idea of this new earth utopian living in our lifetime. It was quite naive, perhaps. And I'm going to still hold the vision for that and land in like whole new ways of living and be, I see, I get visions of what's possible for this planet, but we're not going to, we're not going to land and ground real change. Like, you know, the environment with systemic racism, with the patriarchy for not going in and really being with how is this actually hurting and harming people in real life so for me that was that was a big massive wake-up call and I had quite a lot of shame as well around not seeing that earlier like how much I'd been like these are issues I really care about but I wasn't I wasn't getting on the ground with it you know I wasn't getting on the ground with that I, I remember and it was really beautiful to watch you in your process and I was like yes like it was really I, I you know I, I that was a really beautiful experience for me to witness you in that because um, for me that was something that uh, a realization I'd come to you know some years earlier but it's just because of my my life experience and my connections you know like because of you know my son and being married to a black man and all the all these kinds of things you know so those but but it's so true you know and and for me it's like you know we, we did grow up with a lot of privilege like in many ways, like, you know, we grew, we grew up with so much privilege. And for me, like, 
I thought that I was denied privileges because we grew up with so many people that were like so much wealthier than we do. Like, you know, in that, like when we went to high school, for example, you know, we had these kids that, you know, lived in these huge like mega houses and their parents bought them like, uh, you know, BMWs and Mercedes when they were 16. So I thought that we were just like hard done by living our sort of, you know, average kind of upper, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, like middle-class lives, I guess, not even upper middle-class, just sort of middle-class, you know? And so I've had so many awakenings around this. And and like what you just said is so important for people to wake up and understand. And yet so many don't because the more privilege that people have, the more easy it is to just turn a blind eye. And this is where it becomes so problematic in the spiritual community. Cause it's like, okay, you say that you're a light worker and you're here to bring light and healing and spirituality to the earth, but you won't actually take a good hard look at what is truly going on right in this moment on this planet with all these different groups of people everywhere and then find the place in yourself where you can find a deep compassion and understanding and then the resolve to maybe maybe you can do something about it maybe you can it depends where you live like so many different factors but even just having that awareness and being ready to do something about it if you have to or take whatever action you can from wherever you are like this is powerful and we need to open up and, and listening to one another that's a big piece because if you think about the topic that we're on right now like some people won't even listen to that conversation some people won't even listen to somebody sharing their lived experience they'll just again gaslight it right they will dismiss it which is so harmful so we really have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and again this is like all a symptom of the white supremacist patriarchy that's told us not to be uncomfortable just to make everything okay and sweep which is whiteness right like we both grew up in this right it's like just sweep it under the rug like it doesn't matter like oh there's a problem like let's not talk about it like let's just like carry on now like do 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 like cheerio you know these types of things but this is so problematic and harmful and we have to you know so I know both of us like as mothers I know that we're both and actually I love that your kids actually we're kind of the ones who like served you too your kids were like because your kids are older than mine right like yeah well my 16 year old was the one that really helped me understand what was going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and then my 13 year old has educated me you know I thought because when my, my mom came out when I was 14 and I have a lesbian mom so I was like I'm really hot on all this subjects but she's the one that really helped me um understand like like what, what like kind of about being non-binary and like so both my girls has have really helped me to understand more like this next wave because I always thought I'm hot on all these subjects I'm like I know what's going on and it's like oh no like I'm now that old person who's kind of like do you know what I mean like the older generation that's like behind the times so it was a bit of a shock so yeah, both both my girls. Um, we had some. We've had. We and we continue to have amazing conversations about all of this. Um, so yeah, it was amazing to have my daughters facilitate that, and um, and my husband as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was really interesting to then witness that myself. And this is the humility piece: is like really understanding where your own like. For me, it was unconscious bias. I love shadow work, so I'm, I was okay with being like, fuck, this shit's like running in me. And I became super fascinated by where is like white supremacy running through my nervous system, the patriarchy? Like, I'm like, how do we, how do I shift this? It's very, very, very painful. And I sort of also understand, I do also have compassion for why human beings find it so hard, but I also feel like it's not really good enough to just be, you know, we need to dig a little bit deeper. But the journey that I went on, I was like, okay, I guess I understand why so many people just avoid this conversation. But it made me go, 
made me more curious about what it is, what are we hiding? Like, what is this that we are hiding here? And it's super dark, you know, it's super dark. What's, you know, so, and then, I, then you start seeing it everywhere. Once you start waking up to something, like unconscious bias, white supremacy, like understanding how like racism, for example, is running through me, right? And I think then it's like, holy shit, like how we've, you know, and it's not, not anyone's fault in a way. It's like, but it was like, I suddenly became, well, very, very determined to sort of see, like, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, but I guess that, yeah, we, most people don't want to see. They don't want to feel, they don't want to hear. And, and I kind of understand that because I, I also grew up in that, you know, in my house as well. It's like, we don't acknowledge, <laughs> we don't acknowledge what's really going on. You're the problem. Like, I feel like I was gaslit my whole life as being the problem child, you know. So anyhow, it's, 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 it's deep and it's difficult. And I think, I think that's the challenge because when we're looking at spirituality, we want to feel peace. We want to feel love. We want to feel unity. We want to feel okay. And if we go into, when we go into the pain and the difficult stuff, we don't feel okay. We feel like shit and it hurts and it's painful. Um, but I feel like we need to get braver and more courageous and more humble. And, you know, it's, and it's, it's hard work. It, it, yeah, it's hard work. And what I always say is like the discomfort that we feel in doing this work is nothing compared to what other people are going through, where it's like literally a life sometimes a life and death situation where people are like afraid to go out of their houses at certain times. They don't want to go places. They don't feel safe. They actually are victims of real true discrimination and all of these horrible things that can happen. And yet, so this is why, and this is where it's such a, and, and I've gotten very frustrated with some people I know, like, especially in the past couple of years, trying to have these conversations with them and seeing that they're either unable or unwilling to come to the same conclusions that you and I are now understanding. Because it's like you said, once you wake up to it and you see it, you see it everywhere. And then, you know, hopefully if you're a good person, you you commit to to doing that. But it is actually a symptom of the whiteness itself that we can check out we can check out because it doesn't actually affect us on certain levels, you know? So we really have to come to this place of understanding that the reason that we're even willing to do the work is for others, is for humanity, is for the healing of the world, you know, because it is easy to check out. It's easy just to be like, okay. And, and sometimes we have to, again, all of these conversations are very nuanced. All of this is very nuanced. And I think this is where sort of the spiritual and the new age world has created some issues is that they've made things into these all or nothing, black or white fixed rules. And, and it's not like that because we were talking about this earlier as well. Like sometimes you have to check out for your own mental and physical well-being. If you recognize something's going on with you, you don't have the capacity to help another. We were just talking about this, like both of us having some, some situations happening of, of having being called to serve another and not knowing if we have the capacity to actually manage that or not. Like this is wisdom. And this is something as well as a healer or facilitator or whatever you want to call it. This is something that's come to me a lot because like you said, like, okay, everyone wants to be this famous healer in this day and age, but you have to be really honest with yourself. Are you actually able and capable of holding space for a large group of people? Or can you only manage, you know, if you're running a group, can you only manage eight to 10 people? Can you only manage two? No, neither is bad or worse, good or bad. It's about being realistic for your own expectations. Because if people are out there like, oh, I'm the super healer and I can work with like, you know, 4,000 people in my, in my healing group at once. Well, can you really? 
can anybody do that? Like, I, I'm just not sure, you know? So these are all like, it takes so much integrity to do this work that we do. And I think about this all the time and I have some conversations with, you know, and I feel very fortunate. Like I have a lot of like what I would call real ones in my world, like you and a lot of the people I know, we've been doing this work for a long time. We're not perfect, but we have high integrity. You know, we're, we're committed to doing the work in the best way that we can. And so I think that that's what it is, like constantly being humble, constantly assessing yourself and looking at all these pieces and like what's within our capacity to do in this moment. And sometimes we we may have to stretch ourselves. We may have to say, hey, this is uncomfortable because I think like going back to the piece about the anti-racism work is what happens for people is all of this guilt and this shame comes up. And that's actually the block right there. And then they make ex people make excuses around that. Oh, I don't want to do it, this, that, whatever. And then boom it's lost. But, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, if you're a white or a white passing person or somebody with privilege, you're going to have to navigate through those layers of the guilt and the shame and, and let yourself feel that and, and work through that and have that all wash up so that, you know, we can really start to look at these things. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's what made it a little bit little bit easier for me when it first started like understanding like my white privilege and it's quite natural to get a bit defensive like, I see people get really defensive like feeling under attack and like oh my god I'm not racist you like all this defensiveness and I guess because I've, I've done a lot of work with shame and guilt and shadow like I was like I could see oh shame attack and let's go in you know oh uh, and then let's I know how to move through that quickly but if you don't it's easy to get super defensive and deflect and then get kind of almost positions, right? You know, when we feel under attack as humans, we're kind of go into like the fight, flight, freeze mode where, so it's really, I guess this is it. It's about, it's about holding yourself and, and really checking yourself and doing that inner work so you can keep showing up, <laughs> keep showing up um, in the best way that you can where you are now. And it's, it's not about being perfect, but it's about, um, yeah, staying, I think it's a staying present with the pain really, isn't it? And that's how we avoid all the bypassing and, Right, yeah. which is really the, after everything that I went through, that was one thing that my mentor, um, Sue Deme, she's helped me with so much. And, and, and again, I'm like you. So like after years of doing this work and understand how to process things, like I feel like we're so fortunate because it's like, okay, when things come up, we actually have tools and, and different skills that we can deal with these things. And now we have experience as well. But I think about this all the time. Like, what do people do that have no gifts and tools? I mean, even what we like the last year with everything that's going on on the planet with COVID and everything, like I thought about this so much because I see people going through so much and I see that so many people just don't have the tools or the awareness to, to understand. And the way I look at it, actually, like it's quite simple. And the big piece of it is really just learning and getting comfortable with feeling, allowing ourselves to feel deeply because we've been taught not to feel. And we've been taught, I mean, forget about spirituality. Most of us have been taught this our whole life. We've been taught, and even, even look at the way that we are with children. When something's wrong, what do we do? We make them stop crying right away. We don't let them have their moment. We try to, you know, pacify them. And of course, like, because we can't deal with tantruming all the time, but I've been conscious of this as a parent, right? Like when to just let my son have his, you know, moment and allow him to express. And then if you notice, what do children do? They move through things so quickly because they feel it. You'll watch them have a total meltdown, could be crying for half an hour. It's like the end of the world. And then something happens and then it's like, oh, they completely forgot about it. Now, I've often wondered, is that literally because of the, like from a spiritual mechanism, like energetic perspective, is that literally because they've just let that energy play itself out? So then now it's gone. But what we do as adults is we try everything. And I was like this for years because I suffered with so many 
mental afflictions. Like I'm constantly coming to the awareness of like how much, so all of my struggles are not all of them, but so many of them were in the mental realm. I'm sure I probably should have been like diagnosed with different things throughout my life. But again, I was lucky to find spirituality and just healing and help me move through some of these things. Right. But like, yeah, all of, all of these things, like I resisted them when I would feel that darkness come in, when I would feel that like depression looming and those, those feelings, I would do everything not to feel them. Oh no, I don't want to feel this. Stop, stop, stop. And the resistance of that would actually make it grow. So when I learned to go deep into my pain and deep into those feelings and really just like, like, like face it head on, like a warrior almost, it's almost like it dissipates. Have you noticed this? When you really, it's, it's yeah. just like, it's like you, like I kind of look at it like this, like I, I know that I'm not going to have the video here, but it's almost like, it's like I breathe into it and expand it. And then in the allowance of that, allowing that energy just to be and acknowledging it and honoring it, then it kind of disappears, which is fascinating because in the fighting with it, it magnifies it. Do you know what I'm uh, saying? Oh yeah, I, I've, um, I think it's fascinating. And yet the resistance... The first, I think the pain is the resistance, like the real struggle is the resistance of the pain. And once we go in, yeah, it might, we might really hurt for a little bit, but then it starts to transform and become something else. And I found we come into love, like we come really into love. And yeah, and, and yet we don't know that until we have the courage to go in. Like I, I see them as little deaths, you know, dark night, you call them dark night of the souls, but it's these shamanic death processes. I feel like I'm always in, you have to go into the fire you know, go into the fire, feel the pain, and then you come out of the deeper level of connection, deeper level of embodiment, more awareness, more compassion, you know, more presence. And yet the pain avoidance, well, God, leads to so much, you know, obviously so much addiction, um, you know, all sorts of really destructive behaviors, which I've done as well. I've done those too. So, yeah, it's just having that courage to go in and meet it and face it and feel it. And then, you know, it can start to transform, but I get, I get it's scary. Well, it's, it's, it is scary, but the something that came to me uh, years ago was it's, it's almost like, you know, when you open a dark room and the crack of light comes in and if there's like a bunch of spiders and like creepy crawlies in the room, what do they do? They're all like, like the light comes and like takes them away. And so it's like when you're in the dark, everything seems so scary. But then when you shine a light on it, you just see like, oh, it's just this little thing. Like it's actually not it's actually not as bad often as, as what we think it is. And so it can feel like this big, it can feel like this big thing that may, maybe it is and maybe it's not. And then regardless, it's like just developing those tools and having those skills. Those are the skills that I think we all really need to learn just to help us navigate through life. Cause like, I don't know about you, but I'm sure like, you know, me being a highly sensitive person, like I feel everything. Sometimes I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like I wake up and I'm feeling things and I don't even know what it is. I'm like, is this me? Is this the collective? Am I picking up on something else? Am I healing or clearing something for somebody else? You know, I have to go through this process of, of sort of determining those things, but it can be very, it can be very intense. But again, having this, skills and the tools, which is mostly just breath. Sometimes I feel like telling people, I feel like writing a, like a free course or something and being like, okay, I studied healing for over 22 years and I've studied dozens of modalities. And really like what it comes down to is just about sitting and breathing. Like if you can sit and breathe, you will be just fine. You know, that's really all it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so simple at the end of the day, isn't it? It's all so simple. It Bless us, bless us. It's hard, it's hard humaning. It's, it's hard to be a human. It's hard. It is hard. And yeah, 
Yeah, and I just want to say, um, this is something I said to someone yesterday who was going through this thing of like, which I know that we talked about, we both go through is like, when we continue to cycle through things, even though we've worked on the issue a million times, even though we think we've like healed and done the work, and then a new trauma pops up in relation to that is like, that's when we have to have so much love and grace and compassion for ourselves in those moments, like beating yourself up in that moment or shaming yourself. Like this is the thing, all of these emotions are congruent throughout multiple issues. So once you recognize it, you can just be like, oh, that's shame. There it is again. Okay, shame. Like I see you, like there you are. Like, hey, like, and then like you said, you can like, you know, or you can just, you can just feel it. Like these are all part of it. And I, and I love that you said, like, it's not even our fault. That's what we all have to remember is that we're all products of this system and everybody has a different experience or place in the system, depending on what, how they were born into it. And this system and our, our parents who are also products of these systems and our, and our education systems, which are, that are all products of the system at the end of the day, they've all programmed us. And so, but the beautiful thing is, is that we can learn to deprogram ourselves and that's where the freedom is, right? Definitely. And it's quite exciting to sort of start to unhook, you know, decolonizing yourself, like dismantling white supremacy from your system. It's like, it's, 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 it's incredibly liberating to once you see, once you can feel it's, it's very liberating. It doesn't mean it's not hard, but I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of gold to uncover and discover, which is, you know, in, in my 20 years of mentoring and supporting and helping people with like manifesting their dreams. It's like, what do we really, really want? You know, what do we really, really want? It comes down to something very, very simple, which is love, to feel loved, you know, to share our journey with another, to, you know, feel freedom, but to feel safe, I think is part of it as well. And um, feel fulfilled. And it's, it's really simple at the end of the day. It's really, really simple yeah it's simple and I'd love to just like tie it back into the work that that you do and what you're so masterful at which is helping people with money and how so many of our programs about money and abundance and creating our dreams and all of these things also come from the system which are telling us you it's hard to make money you can't do all these things you'll never achieve this like it's not possible if you reach past xyz age you can't do things like I, I could go on and on and on like the programs go on and on and on and these are all programs that come they're systemic programming right so it's so liberating so i'd love for you to share and even if even just like a tip or anything that you'd like to share about that just briefly about your because i know you work with so many people and you've helped so many people and money of course is such a important topic because it's like you know <laughs> cash rules everything around us here on planet earth yeah well i guess money because i was guided to start working with money and i have to tell you it was like the worst information i'd ever heard when i got guided to like i was like are you got to be kidding me but what i got and i kind of understand more now was it was about transforming the financial system the very like all yeah all of these systems right they kind of they have this sort of whatever system we're looking at, we kind of, they feed into each other, don't they? So it was about bringing more heart to, to money and to dis, you know, dismantling all the bullshit that, that like, I didn't, I didn't realize, it took me like a long time to realize that. And we, we do that through our hearts and through our bodies and coming back into connection with ourselves. So um, it's really all about our relationship with ourselves. So I work with money, just like my work with anything is all coming back to our relationship with ourselves deprogramming all you know all of the belief systems that we've been taught about it um and even having grown up in money and around money I had no idea how privileged and wealthy we actually were because even within that 
in, with even within that privilege, you're taught it's like not enough and it's never enough. And, you know, so I didn't even realize the wealth that I had, the physical wealth that I had, because I never felt enough and never felt good enough and never felt wealthy enough, it, that, you know, huge deficit. So I've played with having money, with totally rejecting money and not having money. And, and, and for me, it's really about our relationship with ourselves and, and coming back into into to first releasing all of this conditioning like number one and also reclaiming listening to our hearts listening to our body wisdom listening to the wisdom of the earth listening to that soul wisdom finding that inner guidance to navigate through um to find and start building and creating new ways of being you know i I talk about through the vehicle of our business through the vehicle of our bank accounts through the vehicle of our body we are going to like figure out new ways of of being that's kind of yeah, body aligned, earth aligned, humanity aligned. So it's a big job, <laughs> but we start like you know one one body at a time. Um, I believe we're more powerful than we realize. We can send like ripples of transformation. But and my other line I like is many hearts make light work. So our lighter work, right? So anyhow, so that's a little bit about about money, and it's not my work about money is, is never really about money, but it's about kind of working consciously with it and trying to bring more conscious conscious wealth. But the, the big thing is is healing this wound of, of not enough, like not good enough, not enough on every through every level, and which is this wound of separation and this wound of like being disconnected from the planet and nature and ourselves and and the list goes on. So <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not like, I know, I know. I, I won't even get into it. It's been such a journey um, for me. And so many of us, again, and it's something that so many, especially healers and light workers struggle with is this idea about money and finances, because so many of us are carrying these deep programs and not even from this life. Again, it can be from many, 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 many lifetimes of this belief about like, if it's spiritual, it should be free. Or, you know, if you're spiritual, you should be a monk and reject everything and go live in the nature, which is, I think, for me, which was many lifetimes for me, I think I came in like not understanding because I'm like, you know, I, I even used to, when I was a kid, I used to wake up at like four or five in the morning. It's like, I was like a monk, you know what I mean? Like, and I just like not getting it, not getting like, what, what is this money? What is this exchange system on this planet? Like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to be a part of it. And then having to come to the conclusion that like it or not, this is just the way it works. And then we can use money and prosperity and abundance as a vehicle. So that's why I think it's so important, the work that, that you're doing, because I'm such a stand for spiritual people and conscious people or just aware people, people with good hearts, really stepping into having that prosperity and abundance so that we can, you know, because obviously money is a big vehicle on this planet that's used to create change. It's really hard to do a lot of things, you know, everything, every cause, every, everything requires money. So the more of us that are willing to, to do this work um, and yeah, and step into that is like such a big service. So how can people find you and connect with you and maybe just, just share a little bit more about um, maybe what you offer just for anyone else who's not familiar with you and your work? Oh, thanks, darling. So yeah, I'm on a few different platforms. You can find me on YouTube. If you put Lara Waldman Abundance Activator, I've got, um, I put up a, a free video every week. Got a lot of free, really helpful content there. I'm on Instagram, Lara Waldman Official, Facebook, Lara Waldman Abundance Activator again. Um, and the other thing coming up is I have a free seven day, it's called the Living Abundance Wealth Retreat. And that's a free event as well. It's a really powerful week where we dive deep into we, I use money as a vehicle, you know, business as a vehicle, but it's really about deeply connecting to your heart, to your soul, to your inner wisdom, to your power. And I'm, I, I'm really calling in like the, the heart led leaders, change makers, visionaries, um, activists, um, 
to do this work so we can you know get that strength and support you need I think we need a lot of support in order to have that resilience and courage to to keep going because it is it is confronting work right so that's coming up as well um the wealth retreat um soon Yes. And I've done, I've done some of your work and it's wonderful. And your videos are wonderful too. You're, I like your, um, you, you have a lot of really amazing, like they're like energy healing videos and like activations and stuff. And I've experienced quite a few of those and they're wonderful. So I would definitely encourage people to check that out. And for sure, it's like I said, I think it's so important for healers and, and the spiritual people to step into this. And then also it's so funny just to like kind of tie it all back in. Cause like, as we're sitting here and as I'm saying that, I also think it's interesting because I feel like the spiritual community in some ways has taken this money wealth thing to this other extreme of like, oh, look at me. I'm so high vibration because I make X amount of dollars and like, I'm better than you now because I crossed over and like this kind of stuff drives me bonkers and it's just rampant on the internet. And again, it's this like, you know, it's a fine line because I don't want to, I don't want to get down on anybody for being successful or any of those things. And like I said, I'm a stand for light workers and spiritual people stepping into their abundance and it's also being used in some really manipulative type of ways right now, right? And I see it, it draws people in. And a lot of these people, you know, just because you make six or seven figures for yourself doesn't actually mean that you can help somebody else achieve that, right? Or that their method is going to work for you. So I think it's important. And I just want to say, like, I'm not just saying this because because you're my friend, but, you know, I know that your work is real and authentic. And, you know, you do, you're, you're really, I have to say, I'll give you some props here. You really have grounded in your, uh, you know, I can see it. And when you, when you present and when you speak, you really have worked very hard to ground and all of this high vibrational energy. So good for you. Thank you. It's <laughs> hard work. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite there yet I'm a little bit more like it's funny because in my astrology chart I like have all these earth like I'm a Virgo with a Taurus moon and I often say like if I didn't have that I don't even think I would be here like I think I would be like even given all this like earth and water that I have in my chart that should be grounding me like maybe my soul chose that to help you know because we are we're, we're bringing in some different you know different energies but I was giggling about something that you said earlier like because you're Aries right are you double Aries I'm I've like got five fire plants and I have no earth in my chart so I found grounding incredibly difficult so this um you know, it was made lots of fire, you know, I can go into anger really easily, very passionate, <laughs> right? But it can also burn out quite quickly because of that, you know, so it's been a challenge to ground us. So I appreciate your feedback, working hard to try and ground this and land it. Yeah. And I hope this conversation just serves as a, like whoever's listening, like listening to both of us, like both of us, 25 years on our spiritual path, journey, learning, teaching, sharing. And like, look, we're still in it. We're still figuring out. We still don't know. And I think that's the, the, that's the most authentic place. And we can also both say, Hey, we've moved so much in this direction. We've healed so much here. We've shifted so much, you know, we've done this and you know, there's still always this other piece. And I think that's, and I think that's the piece that will keep keep us humble and like not help people go into this like fake guru thing. Because I think the minute that you think you've done all the work and you know everything, it's over, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And life will kick your ass as well because <laughs> life will t- like throw you off whatever kind of ego pedestal you're on. <laughs> So, um, absolutely. And I think that's it. We're still fumbling through. We're still figuring it out. The only, I guess the difference is we're, you know, got a lot of experience, right? So, um, you can see, start to see patterns, can't you? After doing something for a long time, you start to understand their cycles and rhythms and, and, and actually, so almost like the more, you know, the less, you know, right? Because you're like, 
there's so many factors at, at play. So what I do, I'm just a huge advocate for is, is people really connecting, listening, working their shit, you know, <laughs> just keep working your shit, right? Just keep, there's your quote, just keep working your shit. And actually you just touched on something really powerful that is so simple, but so real is that once you recognize patterns and cycles, you know that nothing, everything's going to come around. So if you're having a bad day, if you're moving through something, if you're feeling uncomfortable energies, even if you don't know how to move energy or you don't know even what of these things that we're talking about, like if this is new to you right now, you can just remind yourself that everything is a cycle. If you feel shitty today, you might not feel shitty tomorrow or maybe in a couple of days it's going to pass, right? Like even that is just a very simple reminder. Like it's a cycle. And the more we just be kind of realistic around those things, we might not feel great every day. You know, you might feel great one day and then feel so-so another day. And that, that that's part of our humanness. And just in the acceptance and understanding of that, that can help you navigate it. And sometimes that helps me too. I'm like, oh, well, I might not feel like this. And then I'll notice like an hour later, I'm like, oh wait, I'm not even feeling that thing anymore. Like what happened? Whereas again, when I fought with it all the time, the resistance would, you know, the, what they say, like what we resist persists, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that same, when you're having a good day, it's like not, it's like not practicing non-attachment, right? This too <laughs> shall pass, you know? And again, not getting in touch with whether things are amazing or whether things are shitty. It's just understanding, yeah, those cycles. So good, good wisdom to close on. Yes, very good wisdom. Laura Waldman, thank you so much, my dear, dear friend. I love you so much. I'm so grateful that we're walking this path together for so long. And um, thank you so much for, for making time to chat with me today. Oh, so my greatest pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Much love, everyone. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.